many of you like roller coasters? Some of you who don't, I just stretched you. Anybody recognize that roller coaster? Actually, Kings Island in Cincinnati. The Beast. <clears throat> well, I put up a clip of a roller coaster because the truth is we all live on a roller coaster. You might not think of it that way, but we all do. The name of this roller coaster is Feelings. Emotions. They go up and they go down. And they go fast and they go slow. And we all have them. Some of them probably have faster roller coasters than others. Some go higher and some go lower. Some are thrilling and some are exciting and some are scary. But as we're looking at different areas of our lives that we struggle with and areas that maybe we need to hit refresh and have God help us live and see them from a different perspective, I wanted to spend a day and talk about our feelings because of how important they are. We happen to live in a culture right now that is very driven by our feelings and our emotions. You hear it in people's conversation all the time. Why didn't you do that? I didn't feel like it. Um, we make our decisions, we determine right and wrong by our desires and our emotions. We trust our feelings in this day and age, in this particular time and place where we live. There is almost an assumption that if I have these feelings, if I have this desire, it must be right. It must be good. And we allow those feelings to take us wherever they take us. Our emotions have become dominant in our day. We use them in many ways as our compass. Our compass for our lives. How do we feel about it? What do we want? But we need to talk about that. You see, there's a problem with feelings, with emotions, and that is that they change a lot. As I was working on this sermon, and I like to hike and stuff, so I like to use a compass and a map, but I realized if I had a compass that acted my, like my emotions, I would say, well, this sucker's broken. It was pointing this way a half hour ago, now it's pointing this way. I'd throw it away and get a different compass. Because our emotions and our feelings are changing so frequently. And we feel one way today and something happens and tomorrow we feel a different way. And we continually ride that roller coaster. How many things have we started? I won't ask for a show of hands because I don't want to embarrass anybody. But how many decisions have we made? How many things have we started? Because it felt right. And a month later, or a week later, or 24 hours later, we think, what was I thinking? How did I get into this? Because I was allowing my emotions to be my compass. The truth is, emotions aren't a compass, they're a roller coaster. 
But there's an even greater problem with our emotions and our feelings, our desires, and that is that they are not always right. What we feel like is not always what's best for us. What we desire is not always good. And that's something our culture is not telling us today. But it's something that Scripture is really clear about. And I want us to unpack that for a little bit. If you want to turn over to Romans 6, I want to read verses 12 and 13. And then hold your finger there because we're going to read some more. First of all, verses 12 and 13. Paul is advising us here and he says, Therefore do not let sin reign in your mortal body so that you obey its evil desires. Do not offer any part of yourself to sin as an instrument of wickedness. So there's a challenge that Paul is giving us there, a danger he's warning us about, that even, and he's writing this to Christians, okay? So even us sitting here in this room who have celebrated Christ's death, who believe in Christ, who want to be good people, there is still a danger for us that evil can be in our lives and through these evil desires, emotions, they're not all good, some are evil, and that listening to some of those desires can in fact lead us to a place we don't even want to be. We don't want to be instruments of wickedness. But if we allow some desires to lead us, to control us, we use them to make our decisions, that's how we wake up in that place and say, what was I thinking? How did I get here? Paul says, that's how. Now let's pick up at the end of 13. Instead, so he's saying, don't do that. And then at the end of 13, he says, Instead, offer yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life and offer every part of yourself to him as an instrument of righteousness. Now, I want to let you know where we're headed I'm not, because I don't want anybody to tune out here. This sermon isn't going to where all emotions and desires are evil and wrong. And we're going to unpack that from Scripture. But what it is is a warning that says we have to sift them because some desires are in fact evil. But the second half of 13, what Paul is offering is another option where I can take me even with my desires and feelings and emotions and I can offer all of me to God and I can end up being a tool of righteousness instead of a tool of wickedness. And that's really what we want to look at today. How do I filter these desires and emotions so that I make sure I am a tool of righteousness, not wickedness? To unpack that and figure that out, we need to look at the purpose of our feelings. You see, I realize there's some people who have come to see that emotions and feelings and desires are 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 bad, are wrong. And there's a lot of reasons we end up in that space, uh, that place with that attitude about feelings and emotions. 
such people in one sense um, oftentimes want to focus on their head. All that matters is the facts. Some of you are that way. Some of you are sitting beside somebody who's that way. And the God in his great sense of humor seems to often have people marry each other who are opposite on this issue. But so there are some of us who feel like we must be totally rational. We must analyze everything. We must use our heads. And anything below those heads is bad. Now there's another group that seems to just focus on their hands in the sense of what, what I do. I don't care what you think. What do you do? What are we doing today? And that's what matters. Don't give me all this theory stuff, and I don't care what you feel. All that matters is what are we doing. And then, of course, because I jumped ahead in the slides, there are also those who have a heart and feelings and say, these matter. These really do matter. And there's validity in them as well. Now, what I want you to see, those of you who tend to lean towards one of those... This is a drawing. I'm not doing blasphemy here. This is a drawing of God. And what I mean is, God has every one of those. God has emotions. So if you're one of the discounters of emotions, you're wrong. God has emotions. He shows them, we read about them in Scripture from beginning to end. God has feelings. Now, does God direct himself just by emotions? No. He has a mind and he has truth and he listens to those. But he is also a God of action. And my whole point in this is wanting us to see that all of these have their place and their purpose and they are good together. When we get into trouble is when we discount two of these for the third one that is our favorite or we feel the most comfortable in. And that what God has asked us to do and what he has equipped us with are all three. In a sense, feelings help us see inside ourselves. And I want you to think about this. Feelings are a window. They're not intended to control us, but they are intended to let us sort of look inside and see what's going on inside. Does something bother me? I tend to start getting feelings about it. A am I doing well? I get feelings about that. Am I not doing well? Am I stressed? Am I buried? Am I anxious? Feelings start letting me know what's going on inside. It's good to know what's going on inside. I understand for the hands folks, it's like, no, it's not. I don't want to know what's going on inside. Just do it. But the truth is, we do need to understand what's going on inside us with our hearts, with our heads. And feelings are oftentimes a way to see into our lives. They are even a way to see if sin is entering our lives as a warning. And our feelings, our desires can be a warning even about that. Feelings can give us information. They can 
give us sort of that red light, stop. I know this is wrong. I don't feel good about this. I don't have peace about this. That's our feelings giving us a red light. Our feelings can give us a yellow light. It's like, I'm not so sure about this. And there's this yellow flashing light, and God is trying to say, warning, warning, warning. And he's showing that inside us through some feelings. Do we listen? And there are times our feelings are just, this is so great. And it is a green light, and it's okay to enjoy this moment, this day, these friends, this experience. And God says, great. It's the people who like the roller coaster who are on it and say, can we go again? And God says, I made you with this beauty. To have this experience, to enjoy this, here's a ticket, go again. The issue becomes then who controls our feelings. Who, who, how do we filter this? Okay? Go over to Galatians 5 because Paul is going to help us understand this. That our emotions, our desires, our feelings can be good or bad. And we have some choices to make. We have some control over this. Galatians 5, 16 and 17. So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other, so that you are not to do whatever you want. I need to explain a little bit here of Paul and his terms because you might misunderstand what Paul is saying there. Paul looked at his own life and saw his work to be a good, godly person and saw that sometimes he pulled it off and sometimes he failed. And he couldn't always blame everybody out there and everybody else. Sometimes he came to understand he was his own worst enemy. Some of his attitudes, some of his thoughts, some of his desires. And so he came to talk about the two parts of Paul. He called it this spiritual side, that part of him that wants to follow God, wants to be good, wants to be like Jesus. But he also saw that there was this part of him that he couldn't get rid of, that was, in a sense, pulling him towards Satan, pulling him towards evil, pulling him towards wrong, away from the good. And Paul came to label that his fleshly side. And he couldn't clean house. We all try it. Paul couldn't do it. I don't know of any Christian in the Bible or since then who said, I figured it out. The truth is we are left with that same struggle as Paul had. That we're going to have some pulls inside us, some desires, some emotions, some feelings that are going to pull us towards the wrong, away from God. And we're going to have some that are going to pull us to the right, to the good. And what Paul says is we have to face that. And you see, that's why I said in the beginning of this sermon, the problem with today is if we start saying all desires are good, we're missing this very truth that Paul's trying to say. 
Paul would say, no, they're not all good. There's some things you will desire that will be destructive. And if we're honest, don't we see that all the time? The obvious easy example is the addict, the alcoholic, whose desires destroy his life. But there's all kinds of other desires that are also destructive. And Paul said the key is understanding where is this desire coming from? Is it coming from the Spirit? Is it coming from God? Or is it coming from that sinful fleshly part of me? And I need to look at that and admit that some of my feelings can be wrong and can be pulling me in the wrong direction so that I need to say, I'm not listening to these feelings. Can they be right? Of course they can. And sometimes we need to hear them and feel them and follow them. So, of course, the challenge becomes, how do we keep them pointing us in the right direction? How do we know which desires to listen to? How do we strengthen those good desires and sort of handcuff those fleshly desires? Well, again, Galatians. Paul has some more to say there for us. First of all, in verse 16, we read it. So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you'll not gratify the desires of the flesh. So if we're listening to the Spirit. And then in 18... Through 25, but if you are led by the Spirit, you're not under the law, under condemnation. The acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. Paul basically says, all of those, those are the desires pulling you in the wrong direction. They're wrong. Don't listen to them. Those, those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. But then Paul contrasts that. And said, if you're listening to the flesh, it's going to pull you this way. But if you're listening to the Spirit, it's going to bear this fruit in your life. The fruit of the Spirit is love. Joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. There's no condemnation. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let's keep in step with the Spirit. Notice that verse 24. Part of being a Christian is learning how to say no to those desires pulling us in the wrong direction. Those feelings. We need to crucify them and say no to them. I want you out of my life. I want you to die. Because I want to listen to the Spirit who's pulling me in these directions. And if you look at the fruit of the Spirit, there's all kinds of emotions in there. It's not just factual truths. The Spirit pulls us towards good emotions, good desires, good feelings. So how do we do that? Well, if we're going to listen to the Spirit, we're going to stay in step with the Spirit. Part of it is staying close to God, close to the Spirit. Simple, basic things that Christians have found for 2,000 years. Prayer, talking to God. Not just on Sunday morning in the worship service, but 
during the day in the car when I'm facing a situation, when I'm facing a desire that I'm not sure is good or I know is bad, pray. Talk to God about that. Open his word and see what the Bible has to say. Be reading the Bible and taking it in. These are basic foundational things that set us up to be able to know what God wants and listen to the Spirit. Spend time with other Christians. Develop that habit of listening to those inner sort of voices saying, I don't feel good about this. Or I think I should do that because sometimes that is the Spirit prompting. And we need to listen for that. Part of it is cleaning evil out of our lives. Because the reality is if we tolerate evil in our lives, it's like it's a doorway for Satan to come in. Things that we see that we shouldn't see, places we shouldn't go, people maybe we shouldn't be around. All of those things allow Satan to come in and his influence to be stronger in our lives. And we can choose to clean those out. Not go there. Not look at that. Not watch that. Not talk about that. Those are choices we make. Part of it is testing our feelings. Doesn't matter how strong it is. It does matter does this feeling line up with God's word. Some of it's talking with other Christians. We are often the least objective about ourselves. We all know that. Our heads can get turned sideways and we think it's right and it's dead wrong. And sometimes we need to talk to other Christians, as spiritually mature people, and have, have, have a cup of coffee with them, meet them, stay after church, meet them early. It doesn't matter. And say, I, I, I need some feedback. I've been wrestling with this. I'm feeling like this is what I should do. What do you think? And be open to the fact if they really challenge you. And say, I, I, I don't see that. I, 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 man, that, whoa. Now, we don't want to hear that, do we? Not if we already want it and we feel like it. But sometimes that is the best thing somebody who really cares about us can do is say time out what are you thinking and they bring up or point out some things that we were ignoring or maybe hadn't thought of because we felt like we wanted to do something else sometimes feelings come we all struggle with them Paul struggled with them Sometimes we have to pray and hold on and wait for those feelings to go away. It is like that roller coaster. I'm not a roller coaster rider. I've done it, but I pray I never have to do it again. And every time I've done it, especially if it's a for real one, I just can't wait for it to be over. I hold on. I close my eyes. You can crush that steel pipe. You can with your hands. And the truth is there's sometimes desires and feelings come that we have to pray and write it out till they subside. I can't tell you a way to get rid of them, but I can tell you with God's help we can overcome them. And the ride will be over. And we'll see a better place. 
I think the solution is for us to live as whole people. As God designed us. Using our heads and listening to our hearts. But also with our hands, allowing these things to direct our lives together with the Spirit as our partner. Praying, opening the Word, being in church, classes, a small group, giving me good feedback and input. Talking with other Christians, praying some more, reading the Word some more. And we can find a place, you see... Emotions are a roller coaster, but we have a compass, and that is our faith. It is Jesus. And with that, we can have a life that is going in the right direction and is going straight, not going everywhere that our emotions would take us, but celebrating the emotions God has given us of joy and peace and, and all of those. They're not bad. They're the best ever with Christ. Let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you for how you've made us. Sometimes we all stress and struggle with a piece of us or a piece of others. But in your wisdom, you knew what you were doing. And when we live in a healthy balance within ourselves... It is beautiful and wonderful. We have joy, but we think about what we're doing. And we make choices to do good things. And that's what you saw. Help us see that. And help us find that balance, valuing every piece that you've created inside us. And listening and following you. In your son's name, amen.